Welcome everybody to Local Runners Podcast with me, Dave Norman. Me, Gav Hill. And me, Sean Warburton. And me, Callum Parkinson. So, welcome to the first episode of the Local Runners Podcast. This is something the four of us have been really excited about, and we hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy producing it. This first episode is to give you a brief introduction to the team, how the idea for this podcast came about, and to give you an idea of some of the things to look forward to in our future podcasts. So, first of all, a bit of background to this podcast series. We are four enthusiastic club-level runners based in an area called Tameside. Now, if any of you listening don't know where Tameside is, it's a borough in Greater Manchester, just north of Stockport and just south of Oldham. Tameside may, be, may only be a small part of the world, but it's been a big part of the running world for many years. It's where the legendary British runner Ron Hill lived and trained throughout his running career, and also where Ron started the Ron Hill brand, which is still based in Tameside to this day. Tameside has produced many international runners such as Ron, and in more, more recent years, Paul Roden, Andy Jones, Simon Horsfield, Carl Hardman and Gareth Raven. It's also home of the Tour of Tameside, which became a world-famous running event made up of six races in seven days and attracted the best runners in the UK, as well as international runners from across Europe throughout the 80s and 90s. In its heyday, this event was before my time, but for any of you who enjoy watching videos of old races, it's worth searching the Tour of Tameside on YouTube and you'll be able to find videos from most of the Tour of Tameside races in the 80s and 90s. The idea for this podcast series came from a WhatsApp group we all belong to. It's a group that was created back in 2017 to organise group runs in the local area and get people running together more often. And there's an interesting mix of clubs represented on the group with members of Sale, Salford, East Cheshire, Altrincham and Stockport all belonging to the group. So predictably, there's plenty of inter-club banter going on. It's a very lively WhatsApp group with plenty of running and non-running chats and I'm sure the rest of the team will agree it's been a great help and a resource to us all during the lockdowns. Recently, we've been discussing our favourite running podcasts, and this triggered the idea to try our hand at our own running podcast. To give you an idea of some of the things you might expect from our podcasts, we're going to be interviewing runners past and present, fast, steady and slow, talking about some of the kit we use, talking about races and park runs. But if you have any suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. We also have an Instagram and Twitter page, Local Runners Pod. So please give it a follow to receive updates of when a new podcast is available. Thanks, Dave. So it's time to get to know the four presenters. Just a brief overview of what we do for a living and some info on our running. So I'll go first. Hi, I'm Gav Hill. I work at the Village Hotel in Ashton. I'm the Leisure Club Manager. I've been there around 12 years now since we opened in 2008. On to the running then. I've been running since 2009. Prior to the running, I was in the British Army for seven years and I competed for my core at cross-country skiing and biathlon, which is skiing and shooting. Once I left the army, running was a way of competing and keeping fit. This soon turned into more goal-driven aspirations and after a few years in the sport, there was only really one goal, a sub-30 10k. Once being unattached for a couple of years, I joined my local club East Cheshire Harriers, which is based just in Ashton. After being there for around a year, I then joined Sale, um, so continue continue training with Simon Osfield, who had linked up with East Cheshire Harriers. Um, I also started to be coached by Paul Roden once I joined Sale and started to see some big improvements within the first few months. Having set a target of sub-30 10k early on, 
This eventually happened a couple of years ago at the Wilmslow Festival 10K after 10 years of running. The major goal now is shifted to the marathon. Unfortunately, interrupted by the pandemic, there's a plan for a sole effort in May. Okay, so I'm going to pass you over now to Sean Warburton. Cheers, Gav. Yeah, so uh, Sean Warburton, um, similar to the guys, live in Tameside, um, live in Hyde. Um, and then I started running back in 2007. It's the usual story for me, to be honest with you. Not like um, Dave's, I, I come into this sport quite late. The usual story of uh, carrying a bit of weight and wanting to do something different. So I just made a few life changes, really. I started hiking, uh, cycling, and I think I just settled into running because it was um, the most accessible and I could see improvements quite quickly, to be honest. Uh, and then, so I entered the Manchester Marathon in 2012, which Dave will remember for different reasons to me. But I remember it because it was absolutely terrible weather. But <laughs> I managed to survive anyway and get through. And I was pretty pleased with that. And I got the bug, I think, after that then. And I just carried on running marathons over that time, probably until about 2018. And I just started to set myself goals then, get a bit more serious about my times, joined up to Hyde Village Striders. And then just last last year, joined Salford Harriers. And I've just seen the times get progressively better, really. So whilst I'm at V40, uh, almost V45, actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some good improvements over the next few years. Once we get COVID behind us and races start coming back, I just honestly couldn't imagine life without running now to become part of my everyday, everyday life. Um, so I'll pass you over to Callum. Thanks, Sean. Um, yeah, so I, um, like Sean, got into running a little bit later on. Um, when I was younger, never did any exercise. Always known as the fat gobby kid. Um, always getting in trouble and never really did any sort of running. Um, played a little bit of football and that was it. But in 2012, when I was due to get married, I thought this is the time for me to start getting fit. So I started to do a few 10K runs with a friend, um, usually took over an hour, absolutely shattered by the end of it. And I just wanted to get fit. Also to try and help with the performance for a football team I was playing for. Um, but after the wedding, um, I joined Hyde Village Striders in October 2012 and then caught the bug from there. Um, ran with them for a fair few years and then joined Salford Harriers like Sean. Um, been with the club for just over 18 months now, so not really. Been able to do a lot of races. I've won the club fest twice um, and got two PBs. Um, I am 33 and I'm just in the senior category, so not a, a vet just yet. But I think for for the next year, my next goal is going to be for the sub three hour marathon, hopefully at London this year. Um, and that's all from me. I'll pass you over to Dave, even though everyone knows who Dave Norman is. So I'm Dave Norman um, and I started running when I was 12 years old. Um, I've been a member of Altering Athletic Club since 1992 making me the only one club man on our podcast team. The inspiration for me to start running was watching my dad winning races when I was a child. He competed for Great Britain in the 1976 Olympic Marathon and was a massive influence on both me and my brother Andy, who also runs. I didn't really achieve much in my younger years, but I persevered and made good progress as a senior. I've broken 30 minutes for 10k five times and gone sub-220 for the marathon four times. I'm perhaps best known for winning the Greater Manchester Marathon in both 2012 and 2013. Uh, I've also competed internationally at the marathon, cross-country and mountain running. 
Uh, I used to manage the run Northwest Shop in Hyde and now manager running shop in Otley called the Yorkshire Runner. I'm also known for the Running Live Facebook page, which I set up to provide live video streaming of races. And even though I'm in my 40s now and running slower times than I used to, I still really enjoy my running. As you can see, it's a big part of my life and I think I will always be involved in running one way or another. Cheers, Dave. So it's, um, it's a good overview of us all, I think, there. Um, and the first episode is really all about just introducing ourselves, uh, really. So what we've done as a team is put a few questions together to ask each other, hopefully to give us a bit more insight to each other and give you guys a bit of an insight as well. So to get the ball rolling, um, we'll start asking a few questions. We've got a couple of these. So I'm going to take the opportunity to go to Gavin first. Um, Gavin, I've, I've, got, I've heard these rumours about you doing a solo effort uh, marathon in May. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit more about that, mate? What about um, the route and the time you're expecting today? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, it's just to basically get a marathon under my belt um, so I can sort of start to get two in a year and sort of see that year-on-year progression that you generally try to aim for. Um, so I'm looking at around May 8th. Um, so it gives me sort of a 10-week build-up from, from last week. Um, and I'm hoping for um, around 220 um, not 100% sure where I'm going to run it at the minute. Um, I might stay local and just do it around um, our famous course, Park Road, and probably integrate a, part, a bit of Staley Bridge in there just so it's not sort of a free care loop. I don't want to be just running, doing 14, 15 laps of that. Um, so the loop is about 4.5 miles, so potentially do it around there. Yeah, and like I said, hopefully around 220 is what I'm looking for. Wow, well, that's um, that's a pretty that's pretty good going on a, a sort of like a time trial effort. Um, I mean, what about picking um, a loop scores like um, the Wrexham loop or sort of the Colesall ten k loop or something like that, like a four k loop? Yeah, maybe. I've not ruled anything out. And obviously, we've got the Trafford ten k course, um, which isn't too far away, so that's that's an also an option. Um, I know some of the lads some of the lads on the WhatsApp group are interested in maybe doing a bit of pacing and stuff. So obviously keeping it local is ideal for them boys as well. I think if I went to Rex and did some on my own, um, I'd be on my bill, to be honest. So so yeah, keeping my options open. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I've got a bit of time to make my mind up and stuff. The good thing about local is I can train on the course as well. So we'll see, mate. Is there any reason? Sorry, is there any reason, Gab, why you've not done a marathon? up to now yeah um i started a build up when was it i think it might have been january 2018 when i first looked to do manchester i started my build up jumped straight up to 100 mile a week um for three weeks and then got injured then and then that was the end of that still making mistakes after 10 years of running but um so that was the end of that and then i i was in quite good shape last year i did rectum 20 which john was in as well and I won that in just outside 146. So I was in decent nick. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit and then there's not been any on since then. So obviously that was the start of sort of March last year. So I've just been biding my time waiting for one, really. Um, but yeah, I fancy a solo effort just to get one in. Um, yeah, we've, we've not been many races on. No. I just wanted to ask you as well about... Um, the RMR 5K that you've done. So that's yeah. on your PB. 
I mean, if, in terms of distances, for me, that's probably the most terrifying distance, 5K, because I just know you're going to hurt. And when I see that race live streamed, just looks um, unbelievable. You know, the, the the pace of the race. What what was the experience like racing in that? Oh, it's it's an awesome race, and if if you've got the time, I think it's you have to run under 16 minutes to get in that. Um, Dave will correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, what an experience! It, it's I mean they really look after you. Pick you up at the airport, you get a bit of money back for your flight and free digs, um, meals, and then you know obviously a lift from and back to the airport when you're going home. Um, for the race itself, it's it's at night, um, crowds all the way round. Um, I think it's like a 1K loop or just short of a 1K loop, if I remember rightly. Um, like I said, I've only ran it once. But yeah, what what an atmosphere. And and it's that stacked. It's it's you, You're never not near anybody and it, you just get pulled along right round. And um, yeah, it, it's it's if you ever get a chance to run it, it, it it's, it's, it's an epic race, it really is. Cheers, Gav. Yeah, if, if you can get me under 16 minutes, I'll join you then, mate. Yeah, no, no worries. Give me some pacing, do a couple of 5Ks on this marathon, and that'll bring you on. There you go. That, that, that's an invite for you, Sean. <laughs> if I've ever heard one. Other question that I can throw towards you, Gav, was when did you actually start realising that you were quite good at running? Obviously, you're very good at running, but um, did, did it start a little bit of a younger age? Or? Well, when I, when, I, when I just prior to joining the Army, I started doing... Um, I'd run from from where we used to live with with my mum and dad on um, on Queensway, just off Utree Lane in Duckingfield. I start when I sort of knew I was going into basic training. I just started running down towards Morrison's, which is probably just over a mile, and then back round. And I was doing that every night, and then getting home and doing some press ups and sit ups. And then when I when I when I got to basic training, we we did um, the the army fitness test. Then it was a mile and a half run. Then you did um, press-ups for two minutes. You had to get a certain number and then sit-ups for two minutes. So we did the mile and a half run on, on the airfield down at Basingbourne. And we did it with a troop that was just ready to pass out. So they'd been there about 12 weeks. Um, and, I mean, I didn't expect what I did, but I, basically I came first start of that troop and our troop. So possibly that moment I knew I was all right. Um, I didn't really take it seriously in the army. I didn't really do much in there. It was just three sessions a week as, as standard um, and it was probably when I come out and started running that I got down to 33 minutes um, quite quickly and then knew that was alright at it so it was just sort of getting stuck in and just I mean, everything was consistency just sticking with the sport even if with, with injuries and, and bits and bobs which was obviously disappointing but never giving up really and just keep 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 going and then it, it, it comes eventually with, with like I said consistency and putting the time and effort in. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you, Gav. So, you've run a sub-30 minute 10k, which is a time many of our listeners can only dream of. Can you tell us how it felt to break the barrier for the first time? Whether there were any times you'd come close beforehand and what you think made the difference to get you the extra seconds needed to get inside 30? Yeah, so, uh, obviously I broke the barrier at Wilmsall 2019. Um, and I didn't expect it at the time. Um, I knew I was running fairly well. It, it was a couple of weeks before I'd, I'd done a couple of part runs and ran, I think I took about 15 minutes at, um, at 
I can't remember the, the name of it now. The one where Andy Norman had the course record. That's, I think sorry, it was Clap. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, so I knew I was in decent nick. I'd run them off, 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 off still with, with a decent session in the week. So I knew I was running well. And I don't know, it was, I mean, the conditions were perfect. I think from what I can remember, it was about four degrees and the wind was about two mile an hour. So the conditions were good. It, it, it was, you know, it's a cracking course. I know it's, it doesn't get the field that, say, uh, Trafford or, um, or Ribble gets, but it's, it's, it is, it is a, it's a quick course. And just on the day, it was, it was, I forgot my watch. I left that in the car. Um, so I ran without a watch. Um, but I had the car there and, and the splits, and we went through 5K. And I think it's, 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 it's like a bit of a slope down to 5K. We went through there in about four, I'm sure it was about 1440 on, on, on the car and stuff. So I know it was going well. Um, and we got to about 9K, and I just, and I just knew it was on because the way, the way you know how you're feeling and stuff, and you're not going to blow up. Um, and when I crossed the line, it was I was just buzzing, punching the air. You can see on the picture, how, um, you know, finally got it after ten after after ten years, and yeah, I was buzzing. Yeah, great feeling. Um, what was your second second part of that again? Wanted to know what what you think made the difference to get you uh, the extra seconds needed to go inside thirty because. You'd had a few attempts. I think you'd run thirty seventeen or thirty sixteen ballpark at Salford ten k. So you'd yeah, had a few. Yeah. Um, so what do you think made the difference to get you those extra seconds? Did you change anything in your training? Do you think it was just the stars aligning and the the, the course being good, the weather being good? No, it, it was probably slowing down my steady runs. To be honest, which it's given me the consistency to have a full season. Um, and then I sort of come off. I had like a week's break on a holiday in Cyprus. Um, and then I come off, I come off that, and started building up again. That was sort of start of August, and then just it just happened. It, you know, I, I think having the full season behind you and not having sort of, I'd had a lot of injury. Well, I suppose injuries probably just me understanding how to sort things like, you know, if you're feeling it in your Achilles, you know, for, for instance, it can be your calf. So just knowing how to fix that rather than just saying I'm injured for three months so having consistency and slowing down my steady runs was probably the main one if if you know are you saying that your sub 30 wasn't on Strava <laughs> yeah it, it, was, it, was, it was it was on Mikasio I think <laughs> yeah right. at least I wasn't looking at me what because I just stared at the back of Nigel Martin's head yeah, there must be uh, something in that. I think, I think there's there? something in it, you know, Gav, because I did my first ever sub thirty without wearing a watch. Did you? Get everyone on Casio's. Get a sponsorship, Dave. You you ran your first sub thirty. Where was your sub, first sub thirty at? It was the Leeds Abbey Dash in two thousand and five. Wow. No watch. No at all. Not even a Casio. Yeah, it's, it does make you think, doesn't it? Staring at your watch all the time, obsessed. Mm, I do it a lot. I watch footage of myself in that mid-Cheshire 5K. I'm looking at my watch in the last 400 metres of a 5K. What information can you possibly <laughs> get from your watch in the last 400 metres of a 5K? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really interesting, that. Yeah, OK. Um, so my second question was, you're coached by Paul Roden who I mentioned earlier as one of the international runners that Tameside have produced in recent years. 
how important has Paul been in your development? And what would, you, what would your advice be to anybody who doesn't have a coach and is perhaps considering looking for one? Yeah, yeah. Paul's been great. Um, I think I joined Sailing in 2011 and Paul took me on and, and you're just sort of absorbing all the information um, and learning about the training and, and what it takes. Uh, prior to that, I was I was doing a couple of sessions a week with with um, Cy Horsfield, um, but I wasn't really doing much much steady running and long runs and, and stuff around that. Um, so he gave me a bit of structure, um, you know, and pretty much lets you know what you need to do if you if you want to if you want to progress. And um, so it was about that understanding that understanding the sessions and, and the almost got me into working off sort of a two-week pattern, um, tempo, grass session, um, sort of 400s or minute efforts, and then sort of maybe a road session at weekend. And so, yeah, he's been great. I mean, I don't have that much, in, you know, um, I speak to him that much and get down to train as much as I'd like um, over the past few years and, and beyond. But I know if I need any advice, I can just pick up the phone and he's, you know, and he's always there sort of thing. Um so yeah, he's um, if 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 you haven't got a coach and 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 you want to you're keen and you want to progress, then definitely get yourself down to your local running club and 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 see if you can get yourself a coach and someone who can give you some solid advice on on what you need to do. Brilliant, thanks, Gaff. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, I've got a couple of questions for you, Sean. So. You've run marathons in Chicago, Wrexham, Windermere and Snowdonia. I wanted to ask you what the experience of Chicago was like for you and whether there are any other international marathons on your bucket list of marathons to do. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have to say Chicago has absolutely blew me away as, an, uh, as a whole event, to be honest with you. That was my first world major marathon. And um, I've kicking myself that I've not done more, to be honest, after that experience. Just the, it's almost like um, the crowd just took you along the event, you know. It just felt like it was just drawing me along the event. So with that in mind, I'm very tempted, very tempted to throw an entry in for Chicago. But I think what I'm going to try and do once the world settles down a bit is do some more of the majors. So I've got London, I've got a championship spot in London in um, October this year, all being well. So I'll get that done. If I can get a two, sub 240 this year somewhere, then that opens up a few doors for me. New York, perhaps, and I think sub 245 possibly. But yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone. So those big six would be on my list. Though. My second question for you, Sean. Your first race entry on Power of 10 was in the over 40 age group. You're a great example of someone who's coming to the sport as a veteran and showing it's never too late to start. Do you wonder what might you might have been able to achieve as a runner if you'd started at a younger age? Yeah, definitely. When, when, I, when I think, look at like runners like yourself and, uh, and, and Gav as well, I, I'm a little bit jealous sometimes that, that I didn't start when I was a bit younger, you know. Um, I feel like I missed out on quite a lot. And, but equally at the same time, I'm just glad I've picked up when I have. And um, I look at runners like, well, you know, Matt Collier, um, is a good good vet, you know, when he's still improving. So there's like that, and there's some real top um, vet fifties around. Vet fifty fives like Graham Green, Martin, uh, Martin Green as well for North Wales. We look at those times them guys are putting in, and still think that I've got some opportunities to improve. Really, even though my legs are getting older because I've not been running as long. I've 
I've probably got a lot of potential still, I hope, anyway, at least. Okay, Sean, thank you. All right, Sean. Um, so, you love a long run, but what's your favourite surface? Um, road or country? Yeah. I want, I want to say, I want to be a, 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 like a purist and go, oh, I love the fells, I love the hills, I love the countryside. But I don't, actually. Um, I just like road running. I like the consistency of the road, settling into a pace and sticking with it. I think, um, I feel like I'm quite good at that. I remember when I was on holiday in the Lake District in August last year, and I, I mapped out this route, 17 miles. Um, I think it was something like 6,000 feet of climbing. I thought, I'll have that done before breakfast, get back. I was out there four hours, and I, honestly, I couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, right, that's it. I'm not quite out for that. So I think the road, Gav, to be honest with you, sticks with that. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Um, so second question. What's your favourite session and why? Um, I think um, probably the sort of five, four, three, two, one, you know, with 50% off. Um, I think because you get a good opportunity to work at a slightly longer longer time at, at the beginning of the session. But mentally, I'm, I'm working into shorter periods, you know what I mean? So I think for me, mentally, especially because we're training on our own at the minute, I struggle with sessions because you're not in a group and you don't get dragged along with the same. So I like those kind of sessions where you can almost count them down. So that five, four, three, two, one, counting counting that down is probably my favourite one. I also like one um, k off ninety one uh, k on ninety seconds off as well, um, because they, the the loop I use on that industrial estate, ultra and road industrial estate, is pretty much one k back on. So it's right near my house as well. So it's like my track at the minute. <laughs> Cheers, Gav. Nice one. Cheers, Sean. Thanks for that. I've got a couple for you, Sean. So you you mentioned that you did Chicago, and I'm pretty sure I remember speaking to you when you were leading up to that, saying that you studied the course, you studied the route. Yeah. How did that How did that prepare you mentally for it? Yeah, I did. I did. I don't normally do that, you know, because it was such a big event. Um, I spent a lot of time looking at the route, reading blogs. I even found a video on YouTube um, fast-forwarding through the course. So I kind of already chopped the course up in my mind into three sections, uh, north, um, sort of west and south, and that's kind of how the course looks if you look at it from the top. So I kind of compartmentalised the route down into three sections, so it did help me break it down, actually. And what, what I did in that race is something I've not done before. I'm normally, in a marathon, me, I've run a lot, and I'm normally just waiting for that moment when my legs give up, just thinking, when's it going to when's it gonna eat me alive at distance? Well, I just told myself that mile 20, I was going to go for it. And um, it kind of just psychologically switched it around for me. So I attacked it before it attacked me, if that makes sense. And yeah. the first time I've done that, uh, it really worked for me. I'm hoping it works for me again, but the marathon's a cruel beast as well. Um, but that's what I'll be trying to do. I don't accept any rubbish off me when I, when I fail in the last part. I've, uh, <laughs> I, need, I need to be trying to pick it up in that last uh, few miles. Well, you say marathon's a bit of a beast. You did 10 in 10 days in the lakes <laughs> around Windermere. Now, mentally and physically, how did you actually prepare for that? Because, or if you could give a bit of background to the 10 in 10 for people that don't know about it. 
Yes, so it's a it's an annual event, ten marathons in ten days, and it's ten laps of the Windermere Marathon course. Um, the only selects about twenty runners a year, so it's not a lot. It's not a big event in terms of the people, but it, it brings in a lot of money for the charity. Um, so and that's what focus of it is really. It's about getting um, young kids out into the outdoors, people from disadvantaged backgrounds, and giving them opportunities which they wouldn't have otherwise got. That resonated with me because I love the outdoors, love running. So that's why I took on the challenge. How I prepared for it um, was um, just slowed right down, really. I was at the time, my PB was around 310 for the marathon. So I started running marathons, back to back marathons at weekends. It was one on the Saturday, one on the Sunday, but more like three and a half hours, 340, just miles, just getting miles in the lakes. So I, I even took a trip up to the lakes and ran it Saturday morning and Sunday morning and then came home. So mentally is the right thing there. You, you've hit the nail on the head. You've just got to get your head into that zone. I did a gav as well. I forgot my, my watch on the uh, on the training weekend up there. So I was running along with my phone through Windermere doing two marathons. Thinking, God, what are people thinking? <laughs> yeah, I survived. It's been a brilliant event, by the way. You know, it is a good event. And a good charity as well. Okay. So for you, Dave, I've got a couple of questions. The first one is, during the Manchester Marathon um, in 2012 and 2013, which you won both of them, at what point did you think, oh, my God, I've got this, I think I'm going to win? Or was it? Was there no doubt? Did you think, were you going for the win? It was the complete opposite. Um yeah, both times I won Manchester, I, I I really didn't expect to win at all. Um, Andy Jones was in both races and he had a much quicker PB than me. But it was always in the back of my mind that he liked to go off hard and try and hang on. Whereas my strategy in a marathon was always to assess what time I thought I was capable of running and to try and achieve an even pace throughout because I thought that was the way that I would get my best result. Um, I think with a 5k or a 10k, you can perhaps get away with going out a little bit quicker than the pace you think you might be able to hold. But in a in a marathon, it's a very high risk strategy. Um, you you possibly burn the wrong type of uh, fuel too early. So yeah, I would always be focused on op- optimizing my own performance and not really worrying about what anyone else was doing. So in those two races you mentioned, Andy had a gap over the of over two minutes at 20 miles. Um, but knowing how he tended to run his races, I, I never stopped believing there was a chance I might catch him. And I think it was about the same point in the race. Both times I actually uh, caught sight of him. Um, so he was out of sight at 20 miles. And then I think it was around 23, 24 miles both times um, I caught sight of him. And it was it was very, it seemed to happen very quickly both times that I was catching him because I was holding an even pace and he was slowing down quite dramatically. Um, and I have to add on that, I, I did massively respect Andy's attitude to racing. I always did. Um, and as, as much as I, was, as, as I was delighted to win on those two occasions, I, I really did feel for him. So in, in, when he did win it in 2014 with, uh, you know, sticking to that same tactic, when I finished fourth in my fastest Manchester time, uh, he held on to win and, um, in, uh, ahead of probably the strongest field the race has ever had. So, yeah, um, yeah, massively pleased for him on that one. No, that's, that's good to hear. So my second question is, how does it feel to be the second famous runner in the northwest behind Ron Hill? Everyone, <laughs> everyone that we speak to in running 
um, around our area knows exactly who you are, whether it's regarding working from sweatshop, run northwest. Um, but is it because you're just such a humble runner and extremely gifted in what you do? Um, and you get that respect from the way that you, you speak and the way that you present yourself and talk about running. Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that my dad was a big role model for me and everybody says about him, you know, he, he obviously uh, achieved a hell of a lot with his running, but he was uh, he was a very humble with it and people uh, respected him for that. So, yeah, I've always tried to carry myself in the same way. Ron himself is a very humble man. You go to a, you go to a, you know, any of the local races. Uh, he's, he's there and he's he's volunteering. He's speaking to everybody, and uh, you know, I've got a lot of time for that. So just sticking with the um, marathon subject, David. If I could ask you a question from yourself, Sean, um, will will we see you back at marathon distance again in the future? Do you think? Oh, now there's the, the million dollar question. Yeah. Um, the marathon is definitely where my heart is. It's where I've enjoyed my biggest successes. Um, and I, I do love my long runs. I always have done. Um, yeah, my last marathon was in 2014, um, where I actually, well, I did two in 2014. I, I finished fourth at Manchester on the uh, on the slightly short course, ran a low 219. So even allowing for the slight... Um, Shortfall in the distance. It was it was it was effectively another sub two twenty, um, and then later in the year I ran for England in Toronto. But unfortunately, I got tripped up um, at about fourteen miles, and um, just got a minor tear in my hamstring. So, yeah, that's uh, my hamstrings have been an issue for me ever since, and I've kind of written off marathon running as a result. Um, I seem to be able to get away with the long runs again now, but there is a big difference between racing long distances and running long distances so yeah never say never I, I would love to go back and uh, and do another one um but as I said like to to to, to do a marathon race I'd, I'd want to sort of do myself justice and uh I think there is a big difference between racing one and running one yeah that's a good good answer it'd be good to see you back at that distance for for us I think um so this kind of leads into my next question really you know as you've as you've as you've got all now you're in you're in the vet category. What what adjustments have you had to make to your training? Yeah, I suppose the adjustment for me came in my late thirties after those injuries started to creep in. Um, I was very fortunate with injuries for the, the first um, sort of 15, 20 years of my running career, and then yeah, a few injuries started to creep in. Um, I had that issue with my hamstring, a few problems with my calf, and it was almost like your body's telling you to back off. Uh, also, there's a lot written about moving up into the vet's age groups, how you need to back off your training. Um, but I think I've, what I found in the last few months in particular during this lockdown is maybe you just need to actually adapt your training. So in recent months, I've actually gone back to quite high mileage training and I seem to be, um, my body seems to be holding up quite well. What I've actually done is knocked the faster running on the head. So I don't do anything at sort of what you'd call 5k pace anymore or quicker. But I do a lot of easy miles. Um, I do a weekly tempo run, which I've actually increased the distance of. Um, and yeah, do I do a, a lot of work just outside uh, race pace now, which I think um, it's just it's just putting less stress on my body. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm training for a marathon myself at the minute, and you're still nailing your mileage each week on the local athlete. 
say so. <laughs> I am furloughed at the moment, though, so uh, it'll all get levelled out again soon. Uh, cheers, Dave. Uh, I think, Gav, have you got a couple of questions for Dave? Yeah, just before I start the questions, Dave, um, I've just sent your invite and your race number out in the post for the uh, Staley Bridge Marathon in May. <laughs> but you'd wipe the floor with me nowadays, Gav. <laughs> oh, no chance, mate. You've still got it. Um, okay, so obviously, um, a bit of a legend in the running world. Um, you've run all over the place. You've done some races. But which which is your favourite venue to race at? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I guess for me, any race where I've set a PB or any race where I've um, achieved something, won something that meant something to me, uh, is, is a special venue to me. Uh, if I had to pinpoint one venue, I'd probably say Parliament Hill, which is the uh, many people consider to be the home of cross-country in the UK. Um, the National Cross-Country Championships is held there every three years. I've had some good individual results there and also had a really good team result there back in 2006. We, uh, we were third team there. So, yeah, I think uh, for me, it, it would be Parliament Hill if I had to name one because I just, I just love everything about the National. I love the fact that all the track runners, all the road runners and all the cross-country specialists all come together on the same day. I love the stampede at the start and yeah, just just love everything about it. I think it's a great celebration of uh, of club running in the UK. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, so moving on to your second question, um, probably the man to ask on this one. If you could give one piece of running advice, what would it be? Well, I think you touched on it earlier, Gav, in one of your responses. Uh, for me, it will be slow down your runs. So... Yeah, there's a, a well-respected local coach in the area called Harry Kelly from East Cheshire Harriers. And it was him who actually said it to me many years ago. He said, you'll never learn to run fast until you learn to run easy. And I think it's a brilliant quote because what I see, particularly now you see what everybody's doing on Strava nowadays, most people do their easy runs too quickly. Most people do the tempo runs too quickly. They're doing them too close to the race pace. Um, and it's amazing the number of people who take this advice on board and actually make big improvements. Yeah, it took me about eight years to take it on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great answer. And it, it, like I said before, it's definitely helped me. You feel you, you're not as tired and you can put more into your sessions. Your sessions are quicker. And your sessions are what get you ready for races. So yeah, definitely. I think, well, it just gives, I think it gives you more consistency throughout the year. You're able to train more consistently. And it's always consistency of training, which is going to bring you your biggest results. Yeah, bang on there. Cheers for that, Dave. Talk no on. worries. Uh, we've got a couple of questions for um, you as well, Callum. Um, I go first. Is that okay? Um, I was. Um, what, I, what I want to ask you about? I saw in your um, blog, and when we were talking, that you've done the uh, coaching when you were. Um, I think at Hyde, you got some good results out of some of the runners at Hyde as well. Has do you think that's helped you as well doing that qualification? Um, I think doing it, uh, the main reason for doing it um, to start off with was that we didn't have any speed sessions on at Hyde at the time. And it was something that I was doing um, on my own. Um, I was doing it with my coach at the time, Dominic Sexton. And it was just saying that we, um, it was something that we kind of needed into the club. 
we we had quite a few people that were coaches but weren't able to do the sessions and I thought with me picking up quite a lot of information I thought this could be something that we could bring into the club so asked to do the um, leader in running and fitness um, and I think it brought it brought quite a few people on um, we had some really good people that were really dedicated to the sessions every week um, and you can tell the people that really put in that 100% and actually really want to drive and get the results. I think from my point of view, um, for me, it was just something that I really wanted to give back to the club. Hyde helped me quite a lot um, starting off with my running. And so that was um, that was my kind of, hopefully, something to give back to the club for all the help that they gave me. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Hyde helped me and, you know, and Dom Sexton as well in particular, but it's good that you've been able to do that. And, you know, just talk, talking more specifically about yourself and racing, and what, what is your um, favourite distance? And flip that round as well. What's your least favourite and favourite distance and why? Um, my favourite distance is half marathon. Um, the reasoning behind that is... I find 5k not to 60 and I just dread it. Um, 10k's feel like a whole new world of pain. Um, but then the one that I hate the most is the marathon and I've only done two. Um, I think after I did, I did the virtual London marathon in 2020. Um, I had loads of guys helping pace me. But every time, or well, the two times that I've done it, I've just ended up blowing up at 20 miles and I've just really struggled for that last bit. And actually remember, I think it was a night or two nights before um, I did Manchester Marathon in 2016, I messaged Dave. I said, have you got any advice for me? And I remember the one thing that he said was, well, he said multiple things. It was a massive, massive reply. Um, And one of the things that he said to me was only counting single figures the miles down so just count up to nine and then go right just count count again up to nine when you get to 18 right now start to count down from eight and then start working your way down so you're never in double figures and mentally that helps me um physically it didn't because i was throwing everything in my mouth from mile 20 to uh <laughs> to the finish but i got um got quite a good time i was quite happy with so so five so marathons first half marathons best as well yeah yeah yeah, I do prefer because you get to get into that steady pace not uh, not no not steady pace you just get to get into that rhythm and it's the rhythm long enough that you're able to really push yourself um but not push yourself over the edge which I found in marathons yeah okay cheers Cal um Dave do you want to got a couple of questions for Callum Okay, Callum, so you mentioned that in 2019 you transferred from Hyde Strider to Salford Harriers. Uh, two great running clubs, but two very different clubs. Can you tell us a bit about how the two clubs differ and any advice you've got for an unaffiliated runner who's looking to join a club? One of the main differences in in Hyde um, compared to Salford um, was, with no disrespect towards Hyde, was just the calibre of runners. Turned up at a track session um, at the... Manchester City Stadium, you're running around the athletics track and you're just trying to pick people off. And I remember that first time I sat, stood at the track and I was going, I was looking around thinking, 
right, who who can I be? Who can I be? And then it was the worst thing to say because I ended up at the back of the pack for about three or four weeks. And just that consistency of going to the track, having that consistency of just so many people that we were able to really have a good battle with. But there were just people within the club that I was able to compare myself with after a few weeks and just start to try to bring myself on. And there was a structure around the speed sessions. In comparison to Hyde, Hyde was more of a, we'll go out and we'll do our steady runs, um, which is great because we all do need our steady runs. But at the time, it wasn't really for me. And it was something that I think that I needed to to make a change um, and try and better myself. And I've actually got two PB since joining Salford. So that structure around the training really, really did help and it worked. Um, as for the unaffiliated runners, I'm not too sure what to say. Just try and find a club that suits you. Obviously, have a, have a look around, but probably go off recommendations. Within our WhatsApp group, we've got a, a couple of people that are unaffiliated, but there's so many questions that they can ask to the other people in the group and try and find that information and find a club that suits them. Yeah, great answer. Uh, my second question for you, Callum. You're a family man with two children and a dog, as well as a busy job. So you've got a very busy life. How do you manage to fit your running in around such a busy family and work schedule? And how important is your running to you? I'm really lucky the fact that I get to work from home. So I'm able to nip out if I need to, if I've got a run booked in for the day or planned in for the day. Um, I can take my hours lunch and I can go out and, and do my run. Um, f- for support wise, my wife's brilliant. She knows that. If I don't run, I am extremely grumpy. Um, and she knows that I kind of need that release just to go out and go and do my runs. What was the second part of the question which that mentioned? That pretty much answered it. Yeah, it was how, how important yeah. is your do you? Um, but yeah, you, you pretty much answered that there. So thank you. Yeah, just, just, a, just a reason to get out of the house and go running. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. I'll dive in there and uh, I've got a couple of questions for Callum. Um, so I'll flip mine around because it sort of almost falls on from Dave's. So after a busy day, um, you're feeling unmotivated, you're stressed out. Uh, what gets you out the door? Um, so like I said to Dave, it's more, I, I do get to do quite a lot of my runs throughout the day. So it doesn't really affect like the, the nighttime runs, but with the speed sessions with Salford, they're starting at half six, so it's have a quick tea and then get ready. And then when you're just completely unmotivated to get out, but you're feeling stressed, you know that in the back of your mind, well, I know that in the back of my mind, once I've actually done the session, I'll feel a lot better for it. Um, I think quite a lot of people say that, that one of the hardest things is actually getting out the door. But as soon as you're out and then you're back, you, you do feel a lot better and it does help. Yeah. Cool. So um, you may have touched on this with Sean's questions, but um, what's your favourite PB? Which which one do you look at and think you're, you're most proud of? I'm going to go for the Manchester half in 2019. Um, I ran that in an hour 25, 25 something, I can't remember, but I had Matt Dickinson pacing me around and I put quite a lot of pressure on myself to try and get under one hour 27 
And I think we got to about 10 miles and Matt said, you've really got a good chance of getting sub 126 here. I think we should try and push on. And then he kept saying, I think you should push on a bit more. And I thought, if I, if I push on more, I think I'll blow up. Um, but as soon as I crossed that line, stopped the watch and saw the time. It was one of the ones that I've been after for quite a few years. Um, and that's probably my, the proudest one. Nice one. Good man. I don't think we've got any more questions. I think that's, that's it for the question round. We've really enjoyed chatting and finding out a little bit more about each other. Um, so for our next episode, we're going to have our first guest. It's going to be the famous Dave Norman. So what we'd like is we'd like the listeners to get in touch with us via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or via our website for any questions in, for Dave or, or any questions for us. And the best question will get a £10 voucher to spend at Dave's shop called Yorkshire Runner. Um, so don't forget to share the podcast, tell your friends. Thanks everyone for listening to our, the first episode of the Local Runners podcast. And remember folks, running isn't a New Year's resolution, it's a lifetime evolution. Good night. <laughs>